What's up, you guys? Welcome to the August 18th edition of the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher. Get ready to talk about just the top pick of the fantasy basketball drafts coming up. It's a weird year. A lot of stuff changing. A lot of stuff to consider. With me to do so is Ryan Kanas. What's up, man? How's it going, Mike? It's about that about that time again. I'm it starting is. to get the emails and tweets asking for draft advice and stuff, so it's yeah. coming, coming coming right up. Yeah, I've got a big weekend coming up for fantasy football. I've got a big draft on Saturday and another one on Sunday. Yeah, I've got... The next two weeks are huge for me, so I'm ready to go for that. And then once those are over, I'm going to go even more hardcore into basketball, which isn't really saying much. But uh, anyways... Uh, and I should say, if you have a football draft coming up, check out the Rotor World Football Draft Guide. They have five different kinds of rankings, I think. They do a rankings analysis for who ranked who, where, and why. Um, and really just uh, IDP. Really every kind of format, they have it. They have um, favorite late-round picks, bus, all that great stuff that you get with the basketball guide. But for football, I highly recommend it. Uh, and it's pretty much what I go for my baseline. Anyways, so again, we're going to talk about just the top pick. And... For really, there's more cases for anyone, and I can remember. I mean, usually we're like three or four guys could go number one. Now you could maybe say eight guys make a case for number one, maybe seven, depending on how you feel about Kawhi. Um, so we're just going to kind of do it based on what changed, talk about that, and really high ceiling, high floor, low ceiling, low floor, kind of rank it based on that, just to kind of get you prepared. So before I get to that... When you draft first, are you okay? Who has the highest floor? I want you, or are you like I want a little? You factor in a little bit of everything. Uh, a little bit of everything. I yeah. mean, I'm sure we'll get into it, but there's positional eligibility you got to consider. There's uh, players' durability over the years. Um, I, you know, I, I like to try to lock up an elite center, yeah, uh, and or point guard. So those two things. There's yeah, there's a lot that goes into it, yeah. but I don't I don't really just look at like one metric over right. But I'm, I'm saying I prioritize a higher floor for my first pick. Yeah. I mean, you're picking him first. He has a high ceiling. There's no doubt. So I'd rather have a guy who I know is going to be solid. Like, for sure, he's not going to cost me. He's not going to get hurt, um, which is why I have Cat number one. And the more and more I think about it, the more and more mocks I do, the more and more I like him there. Um, so I know Jonas has Giannis. Um, uh-huh. where do, where do you ha- who do you have number one right now? Uh, I'm also on cat. Yeah, no, yeah. So I got for, him number three at the. We did that mid June yeah. mock draft. I got him at number three, and I was thrilled. Yeah. Um, just the durability, the fact that he's eligible at center, um, pegs you to great defensive stats. Yeah, I like everything he brings. So I don't think you've been on since we uh, to talk about this since Jimmy Butler signed, uh, or sorry, not signed, uh, was acquired in a trade. So how do you feel about that? Um, with Jimmy Butler affecting Cat, I've talked about it a lot. And I also wrote a column on rotorworld.com uh, under the basketball site. Uh, check it out. It's pretty cool. It makes a really good case for Cat number one. So what do you, how do you think Jimmy Butler affects him? Uh, I'm not too concerned about yeah. Butler there. I mean, you figure Zach Levine is leaving and he's taking yep. his 20, almost 22% usage with him. Mm-hmm. Um, so Butler's going to take over that, maybe a little bit more. But, yeah, um, I, I just think that they can coexist. Um, you know, if anything, it's going to be teams not able to load up as much against Cat as they might otherwise. So I think there will be trade-offs. It's not maybe ideal, but I don't 
I don't see it as significant enough to bump him out of the number one spot. Yeah, and to hammer that point home, and keep in mind, obviously, the Levine on-off splits had a lot to do with Levine going down in uh, February 3rd with the ACL tear. So with Levine on, he was at Towns with 58.4 true shooting, seven. I'm sorry, 27.6 usage rate. So usage rate without him uh, was basically the same, uh, 27.3. Um and then a 64.6 true shooting. So talking about a 6% increase. And that's really what, why he busted out so late last year. Rebounds went up. Blocks went down a little bit. But that's fine. Do we think he will block a little bit more? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah. we're talking, what, he's 21 years old. So this guy is still, yeah. he's still uh, spreading his wings in the NBA. And the best is yet to come for sure. And that's yeah. another reason why I really like him. Because you know he's got an established floor. But what is his, like, we still haven't seen his ceiling. So it's, you know, the fact that he's super durable, the center eligibility, and then just the unknown upside. I, I like it all. Yeah, again, the 82 games back-to-back is insane. And you and I, you probably more than me, you like percentages more than anyone. Uh, he was number three for the field goal percentage cat uh, behind Gobert and DeAndre, who are going to kill your free throw, especially DeAndre. And he yeah. was the number one center for field goal percentage, or free throw percentage, and number two among all power forwards slash centers, Kevin Love being number one. So you're, he's your man for percentages. Uh, and yeah, I'm, like I said, Jimmy Butler is fine. If he has a 25 usage rate, okay, I'm cool. Um, he's still going to score, what, tw- he'll, instead of scoring 28 per game like he did after the break, he'll score 25. Um, so you're talking about 25 and 13 with awesome percentages? Yes, please. Yeah. Uh, probably one and one, too. Okay, so we both agree that Cat is the highest floor, I guess, right? Yeah, I would say so. Okay, so Although, I might make a case, and I'll just throw out another name. Um, Steph Curry is yeah. ha- has just been fantastic for yeah. the past five seasons. He's missed no more than four games in any of those years. So all those early season, you know, sort of injury-prone tags have been completely washed away. Yeah. Um, I think he's been, what, like a top five fantasy player, at least maybe top four every single one of those years. So you're just talking about a guy who's been, who's, you know, proven greatness for the past five seasons as a fantasy asset. Um, So there's a lot to like there. I don't know. Yeah. And so he was number six before Kevin Durant went down. So if I'm sitting there and I took him number one and he's number six, I'm not mad about that. (laughs) Like if I... You know, you can't really be too upset, right? What's Curry, what's Curry's worst case scenario? Like ninth? Yeah, he's not <laughs> falling out of the top ten. Yeah. So yeah, I, I agree with you. I'd put him number two again because you know you do have to worry about Golden State resting guys, as much as they really didn't last year. It's still in the back of your head, and Kevin Durant is still there, and they probably want to get Clay involved more and all that. So yeah, he's probably firmly number two for me as far as high floor guys go. Uh, so sticking with that, who do you think would be next on just pure high floor? Oh, uh, I, I guess if we're talking nine cat, I'd probably I'm probably go Giannis. Here. Yep. Yeah, I've pretty much I have Giannis for both. Yeah. Uh, I'll I'll lead on that. So, like we were saying, all these guys are in new situations, except for Katie and Curry have Nick Young. <laughs> That's really it. But uh, again, Katie has cousins. Uh, really not Kawhi, Rudy Gay and all that, but Kawhi's basically in the same situation too, but you're not probably taking him number one. 
uh, Cat and Jimmy, Jimmy Butler and uh, Paul Westbrook and Paul George. So Giannis, you know he's going to get buckets. He's going to probably score 25, 26 a game. Uh, his defensive stats actually came down in the second half last year, but he's probably good for eight assists. Jason Kidd's talking about giving the ball more. So I don't, th- I don't think 10 assists is crazy talk. Um, to boost it two and change is, is feasible. What, 8.8 board, boards, I think it was? Um, 80 games. He has that little knee thing that kept him out five days overseas um, earlier this month, but he's back, scored 20 points already. So, yeah, I mean, being in the same situation, you know he's not going to do worse than he was last year, you wouldn't think. Um, so, yeah, and again, consistently good in field goal percentage, too. Uh, and he consistently gets to the rim. That's what I talked about in my column, too. Um, so, yeah, I think Giannis is uh, – you can make a case for him over Curry or even Cat just because you had to worry about Jimmy Butler a little bit. Yeah, if you're just shooting for, for his – again, another guy with just kind of unknown upside. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you got to talk about position eligibility. I mean, he's yeah. he's eligible at like a minimum of three positions on every site. Yeah. Um, so that's just huge because then you can go in a lot of different directions depending who falls to you in round two. Yep. And yeah, you'll, you'll you'll draft and you'll say, "Hey, I have Giannis as a wing." He's not. <laughs> he rebounds like a big man. He assists like well, he'll, he'll top ten assists seems pretty doable, right? Maybe even more. I mean, yeah, and he hit point six threes per game last yeah. year, which you'd assume might come up. So yeah, yeah, he's just giving you so much. And then the defensive categories, almost two blocks, over one and a half steals. So. Yeah. Just the total package. Yeah. All right. So after that, I, I think I would go Kevin Durant fourth. Uh, we do have the concerns of missed games. What twenty last year, ten year before that, and then he had the really bad injury that kept him to, I think what twenty seven games. So, but again, this guy before that foot injury, man, what four years straight number one fantasy player, yeah. um, and he was the number one player per game last year. So this guy, he is incredible. Uh, and I should add, he's angry now. Uh, he had a, uh, a couple tweets. He took a shot at ESPN for, I don't know if you saw this, but ESPN, they did a f- fantasy football marathon, yeah. and which was cool. I watched a lot of it, but they did this one part that if, if you take it without context, it looks really bad. They're doing an auction draft, and they have like uh, a picture with a, it, like they're auctioning off players. It just looks, t- it looks terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, so I won't get into the details, but KD took a shot at them, and he took a shot at um, SB Nation wrote a story about a teacher who wrote um, a little exercise saying, like, don't be a Kevin Durant, do be a Michael Jordan because of how KD left OKC. And so he responded to that. Whoever oh, boy. <laughs> whoever did this should be fired or thrown in jail. And then obviously the big story with KD yesterday on Thursday was he said he's not going to the White House because he doesn't respect the person in the office. So he's out here, man. Kevin Durant's... Uh, let me let you know what's up. I love seeing, yeah. that, uh, seeing the athletes use their voice a little bit more. LeBron also. I'm a big LeBron guy. That's right. Yeah, Durant seems to be living in his uh, <laughs> superstar persona a little more. Yeah, than yeah. Now, past, he's, now he's sure. got that ring. He's he can push back a little bit more. Now, yeah. But yeah, and you know, last year's usage rate was the lowest of his career, but it was still almost 28. percent um, as you said, per game, he was still the number one player. So I think in 8-cat, you could probably make a case for a guy like like Westbrook or Harden. Mm-hmm. Um, but in 9-cat, sure, you talk about the, the proven ceiling and the you know the solid floor. It's really just the fact that he's, he's had the injuries over the past three seasons. Um, that, would, that would be the only thing really preventing him from being 
and, and pretty easy number one pick to be honest. Yeah, if we like, if we knew, okay, so if you knew you had eighty two games out of everyone, who would you take first? Yeah, it's a good question. Yeah, um, I would probably take Durant. Yeah, I think I would too. Yeah, I mean he's he's just so good, man. And the block the blocks were just the cherry on top last season. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think he had a career high. He had a sixty five true shooting percentage last year. It's just stupid, man. Uh, for a guy who has a career year in and year out, he's over sixty. One, two, three, four, five, six straight seasons. He's been over sixty true shooting. I don't think yeah. Kobe Bryant hit it once. This was a yeah. Last season was such a clear example. We talk sometimes about compensating statistics. So, for instance, someone comes in, you're going to get maybe a, you know a couple fewer shots per game, but they're going to be easier looks, and that's ex- exactly what happened with Durant. He shot 54 percent from the field. Uh, his three pointers came down, but he yeah he basically just just ticked up in so many other areas, including defensive stats, as you mentioned, um, that it just it compensated. Yeah. Uh, okay, so where are we at next? Uh, we're in, in the Westbrook-Harden territory, I guess, um, for high floors. Chris Paul, you figure Paul's going to get the remaining 14 minutes. I think they're going to probably put Harden at 34 this year uh, after he really fizzled out against the Spurs, um, which is still fine. 36.4, so what, you're talking about 115th-ish of uh, his per- less than 10% of a, a minute change. So... Yeah, I, I think I'd probably lean for just pure floor. I guess I would go Westbrook just because Chris Paul is a hell of a ball handler. So you would think that Hard could be affected more so by that than Westbrook be influenced by Paul George shooting the ball. So I think, I, again, just pure floor, uh, I'd probably say Westbrook is higher than Harden. Yeah, it's it's a tough call, but I'd probably go in the same direction. Yeah, I think um, I think the Chris Paul I, thing is more of a mystery than the, the Paul George thing. Yes, yeah, <laughs> and if Harden's eleven point two assists fall to somewhere around even nine per game, you know I don't see Westbrook losing two assists per game. Mm-hmm. Um, and his, you know, he's already got that gaudy forty one percent usage rate. So even if that takes, you know, even a significant hit, it's still going to be towards the top of the league. So I don't think there's too much you have to worry about with Westbrook. Yeah. Westbrook's leading the league in usage rate again, right? Yeah. yeah there's, so. no, there's no doubt. I mean, if, like you said, he shattered the old record from Kobe Bryant by I think like 2%. So if that drops to 3%, he's still going to be probably 4 or 5% more than anyone. Got to drop those turnovers. Both those guys, by the way. Um, Harden was the worst in uh, turnovers. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of fantasy owners I find don't mind just ignoring turnovers. Yeah. They basically say, you know, whatever. It comes along with so many, so many other stats. I'm not the same in 9-cat. Um, but, I get, you know, I get the strategy, and then you just you could just throw them out the window and not, not worry about them the rest of the way. But then, obviously, you're losing one-ninth of your competition every single week. So it's where do you fall on that? Do you head, are, are you okay with the ignore turnovers? I, I have James Harden kind of point Head-to-head, head, I don't care, um, especially if it's daily where I know I'm going to use most of my moves that week and really add up the counting stats. So consequently, I'm going to have more turnovers anyways. But in a, in a roto, um, it gets tough to, to take a one. Um, right. So you really you really can't punt. Um, so, I mean, it, you got to factor it in there. you got to put Westbrook down to six or seven, Harden as well. Uh, although Harden's, I think, so Westbrook will probably take over for the turnover lead this year, you think? 
Yeah, I would think so. Just because, as you said, Chris Paul's going to have the ball in his hands a lot more. Um, or, I'm sorry, take it out of James right. Harden's hands. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so I guess that leaves number seven for the the number the top pick candidates between Anthony Davis and Kawhi uh, yeah. as candidates. So, man, I think higher floor, you have to say Kawhi. Um, yes, we've seen Kawhi get hurt, the patella tendonitis, obviously the ankle injury with Zaza. We've seen him get hurt. We've seen him get rested here and there. The Popovich factor does hurt his floor, but Kawhi's good, uh, and he's getting better as well. Uh, again, doesn't have to worry about DeMarcus Cousins, although AD was pretty good with Cousins. So I would say Kawhi's floor is a little bit higher than AD's. Yeah, and on the same token, I think you'd probably agree that Anthony Davis has a higher ceiling. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, so it's it's tough, but in, you know, if I'm picking number seven or whatever, um, number eight, I'm probably just gonna go with the safer pick and take Kawhi. Yeah, uh, it's close. It's it's close though. Okay, so let's let's talk just pure ceiling, um, just to change it up a little bit. So pure pure ceiling, Giannis number one, I think. Right? Oh, uh, you, are you talking long term or just no? This just season? for the season, just just for the season. So like, you if you just want to like, okay, I want a home run hit. I want the number one guy. Period. I don't care how many games he misses. I want to have the best fantasy season ever. I think Giannis is the guy because of the reasons we said. Um, again, Cat has Jimmy. All that stuff I said earlier. Giannis has nobody. Uh, Giannis has Chris yeah. Middleton. Michael Beasley's gone. That's huge. I'm kidding. But, Jabari is uh, going to be limited. I mean, yeah. the Bucks are basically saying they're going to like swaddle him and be very protective this season. So. Yeah, I mean, he's he his ceiling is insane. So I think if you're drafting pure ceiling, and then again, like you said, to if we knew 82 games, Giannis 82 games is is kind of scary, especially with what, how he's expected to grow. So uh, and KD as well. So, but I, I think that Giannis's ceiling is a little bit higher. He could be a for all we know we. He surprised us. We had him. We were bullish on him. I think we had him seventh last year, and he's still. A lot of people were were like, "Whoa, it's aggressive," and yeah. yeah, I mean, he's he's gonna be better. So, if what he finished last year, what number three or four on total value or something like that? Yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah. And at, after the break, I mean, he, you're right. He could very well vie for number one overall, but he yeah. would need after the break. He only averaged point four mm-hmm. three pointers per game. And he shot 72% yeah. from the line on a lot of attempts. I mean, he was getting there eight over eight times a game. Yeah. So that, that really took a chunk out of his value. So those are going to be two areas he'll have to improve if he wants to, to leap over the, the luminaries that we just discussed, like Cat yeah. and Westbrook and Curry and all them. Yeah, he was uh, 18th per game post-break. So that is a pretty big dip. As Again, big reasons free throw. Um, yeah. And the threes one, which is fine. He shot what twenty eight percent from three last year. You don't care. I mean, you could, threes are probably the easiest category to get yeah. if you know what you're doing. Um, especially if you just draft Jamal Murray, you know you're good there. You get like three there. <laughs> uh, okay, so you with me on that, or do you want to? You still gonna say Durant has the highest ceiling of anyone? Uh, if both are playing eighty two games, I still take Durant. Yeah. I think he's, he's. It just seems safer to me. Right. I mean, I guess I don't know if you're talking pure ceiling. Yeah. yeah, I still take Durant. Yeah, I can't go either way. So I would, ha- I would have Durant too, um, and then you, mm. so you'd have Giannis one A one B then kind of. Yeah, yeah, and then probably Cat and then Curry. Yeah, yeah then Cat. Um, so we don't have Anthony Davis yet. 
No, I mean it's it's the injuries. It's yeah. the fact that well, well, again, we're talking pure ceiling now. So if he if he gives you eighty two games, where, where are you at though? Where are you at on that? Hmm. He was. Uh, it's worth a mention. He was fourth per game post break. So yeah, he and did second work. per game overall last year. Yeah. Any and he only, missed, he only missed seven games, which was a career low. Which is insane. Um, it, that was the, as we said, ten times, maybe twenty times on this podcast, most misleading seventy-five game season of all time. Yeah, like, true. If you watched Anthony Davis in what mid December to early January, you were like, "Oh, this guy only played like fifty games." <laughs> so he went to the locker room, I think, like six times in that time span. Yeah. Um, I, I think I owned him in one league, and I, I would play him occasionally in FanDuel, and it would, you're just holding your breath the entire game, yeah. because inevitably he's going to the locker room, and you're like, oh, did, did my entire night just sink, or am I, yep. do I have a shot here? Yep, and then there's there's even a Twitter account that I think it's, is the brow hurt yet? Um, it distracts <laughs> yeah. his injuries. It's so bad, man. But if, if, if we're saying that he's playing 82 games, and you know that, i put him above Curry, I think. Okay, yeah, I think I would, too. I think I would, too. But don't forget, Curry had what arguably the best fantasy season of all time. That was without Durant. But yes, and another you you mentioned how easy three pointers are to scoop up. You know, flyer picks. You could just take three. We talk about three point specialists all the time, um, which kind of devalues the fact that yeah. that Steph averages four threes per game. Uh, so that's that's something to consider if you're if you're angling for him with like number one or two. Yeah. Uh, what else? Okay, so, yeah, I guess we could put, for pure ceiling, AD over Curry. So we got, um, that's number five. So Curry's five. And then, man, we're, we're going to so down on, um, I guess, working backwards, we'd probably put Kawhi last on high ceiling. It sounds crazy, but I think some of these guys we're talking about. Right. Yeah, and pe- people are probably losing their minds that we that we don't have Westbrook higher than that we do. But, but I, mean, I, he think, was... I think the, the Paul George factor and the turnovers are yeah. just, just too much. I know we both kind of come at things typically from a nine-cap mentality. Yeah, so. and he was the worst player for field goal percentage last year. Yeah. Among players that actually... Oh, for total, for the whole season, he was the worst player for that. So yeah. that's... that's your, like you're, you're You can't, especially in Roto... You can't, you can't do that. You can't have. He's gonna. You're not gonna finish in the top half for field goal percentage, and probably not for turnovers. Maybe even you'll probably be in the bottom four, even if you really focus on building around that. But yeah, man, that, that counts for something. Um, so I guess yeah, I probably put Harden over Westbrook for pure pure ceiling. Um, the Rockets are a fantasy gold mine. That's it. That's the eight guys, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, who else could you try to? Shoehorn in there. I don't Jokic, see anyone. You could put Jokic in there if you just because of uh, like, yeah, like you said, position. Um, right. I've done probably about I want to say twenty five or thirty mocks, uh, and every time I feel like I'm short on bigs. Um, I've never said, "Oh, I need a wing uh, late in the draft," right. you know, uh, and I've never really been point guard like because oh, I usually if I pick late, I usually wind up getting Dame. Or and actually, let's bring this up too. I haven't had your opinion. Um, where are you at on on the whole late pick coming up? Um, like Dame, Wall, LeBron, um, who else? Jimmy Butler. I guess Cousins. You could throw Cousins, in there. Yeah, for the bigs there. Um, Chris Chris Paul's gonna fall this year. Yeah, Chris Paul. He's in that that turn. 
Are there are there any? So we you have Jokic over all those names we said, right? Yeah, there's a lot of uncertainty about a lot of the guys we just mentioned. Right, new, right. new roles and things things like that. So I'll take an uh, ascendant, you know, sort of franchise centerpiece in Jokic and see what yeah. he could do this year. Yeah, full season of him. Hopefully he stays healthy. Still you're, you're, games, you're taking him over Gobert, I, I take it? Yep, Gobert's in that mix as well. I love Gobert though, man. Yeah. I think Ricky Rubio, what the, the Wolves were 97th percentile on role man scoring. Do you think that's a lot on Rubio? So I think Gobert, who was, I think, number two among certain, whatever the, the minimum is behind DeAndre Jordan for role man efficiency scoring, that's going to go way up, man. I think Gobert yeah. could get, what, I don't, 18 points a game? Is that too lofty? I mean, from yeah, 14 I mean, four to 18? Points up. Yeah. I, I think it's reasonable, especially yeah. with Hayward gone, and that's a lot of usage and yep. a lot of touches available, so... Yeah, so I think again drafting a big man, I'd like Gobert there, kind of going. Uh, and then yeah, I I love going Gobert and Dame. Like if I pick tenth, tenth, eleventh, or twelfth, I'd be so happy with that. Yeah, so you're you're going Lillard over Wall and, yeah. and Kyrie every time. Yeah. I know. Yes, I know Wall, and I had a had this question on Twitter too. They're like, oh yeah, Wall wasn't out with the knee injuries last year, really. Um, you know, he beat his timetable, but. He was supposed to get rested on back-to-backs until January, and they stopped in early November. Played 78 games. He's been really durable as well. But he hasn't been complete. Like, Dame has played 79.2 games per season. <laughs> That's just, you can't yeah. do that. Um, so that counts. And again, he was number six after the break, Dame was. Um, so Nurkic being in there. Um, even losing Alan Crabb, they're not as deep too. They lost some depth, so Dame should be all set for a monster season. I think his 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 floor is higher than Wall's is. So and Wall goes through a lot of shooting slumps. Dame does too, but Dame's Dame's gonna fill it up from three. Yeah. So. How are you feeling about since we're in this kind of second tier point guard conversation? What are your thoughts on Kyrie right now? Yeah. In terms of all, all the uncertainty, and I mean that's just a big. You know, you're you're taking a swing at a ball you can't even see if you're if you're drafting him. Yeah, it's tough because his ceiling is it could be really really good. Um, then again, he's not that great. I mean, his splits with with LeBron on and off, um, the usage is really high, obviously, but he's not that efficient. His assists are ne- have never really been good, so you're kind of drafting him almost like a shooting guard. Uh, so I, I again, I would take Wall. I would take Dame, obviously. Um, but I would take him over like Isaiah Conley. Um, what about CP? I think I would probably take Kyrie just because um, if he gets traded, it should. Well, not necessarily. If he gets traded to Minnesota, that one, it's they're neck and neck. I have them. I think I have them ranked next to each other. I forget who I have on top. I think it's Chris Paul just because. Yeah, I think I would yeah. take Paul just because yeah. of the. I mean, you're talking literally a decade that he's been a top ten player. Yeah. So it's. It's not the most exciting pick, but I think it's yeah. safe. Yeah, like you said, you want to shoot for a better floor, so I think we both agree that CP's floor is a lot higher than Kyrie's is. But Kyrie has a better ceiling. If Kyrie gets traded, and he is the guy, he goes to Phoenix, you know, he could be a 30-point-per-game guy for all we know. Yeah, so, a lot of this comes down to how just how risk-averse you are and yep, different exactly. owners have but different you know, tolerances. and. Which you don't want to be early. That's the thing. No, exactly. And when I it, think we're both, yeah. yeah. As people I flipped, can tell, we're, we're both a little more conservative when yeah, it comes to that. I flipped a switch earlier than you, though. 
Because like usually when you go through your draft, you have that switch. You're like, oh, time for upside. I probably yeah. I probably flip it at like sixty, pick sixty, and you probably wait till like eighty five, right? Yeah, I, I go deeper probably. Yeah, I yeah I don't care. I want I want a, a difference maker. Yeah, but it depends. I mean, and if you do flip it early, you got to mix in those guys here and there where you're not totally throwing throwing yourself to the wolves, the Timberwolves. Yeah, I just so. find like like if I'm in the fifties and sixties and I see like. Trevor Reza, I just right. something in something in me can't pass that up. Yeah, so I yeah I do tend to be a little yeah. Whereas I'm like, oh Jamal Murray right there, I'll take him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, are you coming? Are, have you gotten? Have we talked about you with Murray yet? Steve, actually, um, we have Murray. I think at 47 right now, which is kind of bold. But I t- I talked to Steve the other day, Doctor A Alexander, and he thought that's about right. I, th- I was like, oh okay. So I'm sure you think that's pretty aggressive. Forty-seven. I do, I do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I know that you're super high on him, and he's yeah. he's one of your guys going yeah. into the season. Um, yeah, I'd probably put him a round or two lower, but yeah. I hey, who knows? Yeah, Mini Curry, man, three three threes. Yeah, could 17, be 17, 18 points a game. All right, anything else? Um, I think we just wanted to talk about that for today. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see when drafts arrive, if any of this kind of changes based on what's happened in the preseason and training camp and stuff. But yeah. I think I think we have a pretty good pretty good feel for it. And it sounds like the top eight are pretty pretty well locked in. Yeah, it sounds like it. So, yeah. so again, if you're picking, do you want to pick early then or do you want to pick late? I know a lot of people are okay with picking late, but, I mean, if you get – and so, um, they have Miles Turner at thirty three or thirty seven or something in the ESPN. Man, if I could yeah. somehow get Cat and Miles, ah <laughs> uh, oh, man, that's such yeah. a great way to start. Yeah. How do you feel? Uh, just a quick question. Do you think Paul George is a first round pick this year? Absolutely not. Yeah. I am almost out of this. I think he's like right at the second, third round turn. I, yeah. Put him I, in low second, I think. I liked Oladipo last year, and he disappointed not that's not really a, a knock on paul george but it's kind of hard to see what happened to depot and not have that in your mind when paul george goes like i'd rather have any of these guys we talked about like isaiah um who else i'd probably rather have kyle lowry uh, i'd rather have draymond um obviously damon i would take even lebron who i don't even like i have lebron at 16 or 17 that's that's so embarrassing <laughs> right, it, it's just yeah, it well, feels so I, dirty. Like LeBron's the, the, the free throw percentage was tough to yeah. overcome last year. He yeah. shot sixty seven point four percent on seven attempts per game. I mean, that's a huge hit. So, what do you do? That's the worst of any player who had top four or uh, top fifty value. Yep. So. Yeah, that's a big thing to overcome. So it may look crazy, but I'm I'm with you. Yeah, I don't he was think actually. He's actually worse than Whiteside in the free throw percentage. Yeah, just because of the volume and the yeah. fact that he only shot, you know, yeah, yeah, 5% and, better. Yeah, and Bill Bear. <sighs> All right. I think, so I think we're good. Uh, anything else you want to add? Any, no real news and notes to really hit on the past week or so, right? Been pretty dead. No, not not too much. I wrote, I did a news recap column last week, and even that was pretty pretty sparse. Um, I know what we got to talk about. Come. Boban. Quickly on Boban. Uh, I'm I have Boban really, really, really high. How high do you think I have Boban right now? Uh, that's a good question. Are you putting him in the top one hundred? Yes, there? I am. Way into it. Wow. 80, All right. Eighty-three. 
Dang. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Free throws, baby. He make free throws. He's gonna get twenty minutes, I think. So. If he gets twenty minutes, I put him. I, I, yeah, he could be top one hundred yeah. for sure. He's like he's basically like Valachun- like peak Valachunas with a few less minutes but higher usage. Yeah. Doesn't turn the ball over. Yep. Yeah. Super helpful free throw or field goal percentage. So. Yep. He's not gonna hurt you for free throws. Yeah, so I love Boban. That's fun. Yeah, it's interesting. And Van, Van Gundy, I like him because he he'll just tell you what he's thinking. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's been talking up Boban a lot, so that's yeah. one reason to to pump him up with the Diet Pepsi ready to go. <sighs> All right, so we're out of here on that. Uh, nice over thirty minutes talking about the top pick, man. It's gonna, we got to get to fantasy season soon. So uh, yeah, good luck <laughs> to everyone coming up with their football drafts. Uh, I'll probably be doing some football mocks, so check me out on Twitter, Mike S Gallagher. I've uh, got, again, big one coming up on Saturday. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, we'll catch you next time, and thanks for coming on, Ryan. You got it, Mike.